Women Who Rock. Women Who Rock. Women Rock. Women Who 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 Rock. Hello and welcome to Women Who Rock, a podcast promoting female musicians and artists. Today I am joined by Slovak artist and activist Karin Ann. Karin, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's really nice to talk to you and um, I want to first of all say congratulations on the release of your new track, If I Fall For You. You've had a pretty rockin' start to 2023. This is actually the second uh single that you've released already yeah yeah it is um and after a bit of a break as well so it's been kind of like jumping back into the water right full steam ahead with the with the singles for 2023 uh so you're actually joining us from london and i know that you have been um traveling all around quite a lot i mean already this year you kind of were at la at the start and now you've been in london so, I mean, those are two pretty big, pretty big cities in terms of um, music and musical culture. From your experience, can you tell us a bit about um, maybe some of the good points of each of the cities, LA and London? And also, could you tell us maybe are there some key differences between the cities? That's an interesting question, actually. I'm, I'm also going back to LA pretty soon. So it's going to be like, I think it also depends on the season because, like, I've been to LA three times now, and I've been to London so many times, more than I can count. And I love London. I have so much love for London. It's one of my favorite places in the world. Um, but I think, like, the biggest difference I would say is the climate and the kind of structure of the city. Like in London, you have a lot of public transport. You have a lot of kind of um smaller like shared houses or like flats and like smaller kind of packed areas meanwhile in LA you have more houses I think than um apartments and more like yards and everything like that and you don't really have public transport in LA like it exists but nobody really uses it um because it's not really set up properly so I think those are like the biggest differences as well as just climate because LA is usually really, really hot. Meanwhile, London is more cooler and right. more kind of just like, you know, cloudy. You might, like this might be the first, you know, positive advert for public transport in London. Uh, but that's interesting <laughs> to hear that they, that LA, because I've never actually been to LA myself, um, that it's a bit uh, kind of fundamentally different in that respect. But what about when you're working in studios and the kind of creative musical environment? Can you do you think do you feel a difference between the two, or are they kind of when you're in the studio, it's pretty a pretty similar vibe? I think the studio is always a different vibe, no matter where you are. I think it depends more on the people than it does the place, um, because everybody kind of has their own way of working and their own way of liking to have, get things done and kind of just the environment. Um, in the room, set up, etc. So I think that depends on people more than place. Interesting. Okay. So it's more of like 
uh, unique to the setting that you're actually in rather than like, you know, a cultural shift from this is how we do it in the US, this is how we do it um, in the UK. Yeah, I think so. I, I've, been, I've worked with people from all types of places um, and I think it's always, I haven't noticed a theme based on when where they live, more a theme of who they are and how much we click. Uh, I'm really interested to talk about languages because uh, it's not something that I know a lot about, but I'm very interested to learn. Um, so you're from Slovakia and the native language, I believe, is Slovak. And I think that uh, when you were younger, you were kind of writing songs in Slovak. Uh, but since 2020, you've been releasing and writing music in English. So I want to delve into the differences between the two do you when you're writing in english is that more difficult because it's not your um, native tongue and also when you think in a different language it can kind of influence the way that you think right so do you think that having to approach it with the different languages changes i guess the thought process that goes into the writing i mean what you said is kind of only partially true because okay. I used to write in English first. Oh, I used okay. To, I started in English. Then I did a few songs in Slovak because that's where I was starting out and kind of my management and everybody was like, you should start oh, the first three songs or so in Slovak just to have a home base. Um, and I actually had to really force Slovak I had to force myself to write lyrics in Slovak. I honestly hated it and I cannot do it, which my team doesn't like me to say, but honestly, it was a nightmare for me. I, it doesn't come naturally to me to write in Slovak. I mostly think in English as well. Um, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's partially because my mom is Czech and um when I was growing up, we kind of had a mixture of Czech and Slovak language at home. So I never really felt like I had just one language. So then when English came along, it felt easier. I really don't know why it is, but I mostly think in English and it's a lot easier for me to write in English and to create in English than it is um, in Slovak, uh, as well as just express myself and what I'm trying to say. Um, it comes easier in English. I think I, I feel like I have more vocabulary to express myself in English than I have in Slovak, which is ironic and kind of funny right yeah that's the ex exact opposite of what i thought you were going to say because um i didn't know but i had assumed that slovak came first and then you learned english afterwards so how old were you when you started um learning english i started learning english in kindergarten for it was like the basics it was like colors and shapes and stuff like that like circle and yellow and red you know but that's when I kind of started and then we had it in school obviously um and I kind of was always on the top of my class in English or like one of the people on top of my class and then in sixth grade I switched to an English school it was like a private school and it was English so it was all subjects except for Slovak and Spanish. Um, everything was in English. Okay. So, and when I made that switch, I went from being one of the top people in my class to one of the worst like English speakers in my class because the, the jump between the kind of what they teach you and how much 
of a base I had from the previous school coming to this English school where they had English in all subjects since they were in the first grade. It was a big difference. But that summer is also when I started watching a lot of TV shows and reading a lot of books and making a lot of friends from different countries. So that summer I kind of spent watching TV shows in English, reading books in English and talking to people in English. So when I came back to school in the seventh grade, I kind of caught caught back up with everybody and was, again, one of the better people um, who like done well in English, I would say. And then ever since, I've just kind of been doing that. I've been watching TV shows, movies, reading books in English. I have a lot of international friends, so talking to them in English helped as well. And then later when I got into writing music, I think that kind of helped as well to kind of figure out how to express myself better. Interesting. So that's, you said something very interesting related to that was the idea that you think that the vocabulary in English is broader, is larger. Um, I wonder if that's related to reading, doing so much reading in um, English, because I feel as though that's kind of how I expand my vocabulary by reading books, by reading difficult books. Um, And you see words, you don't know what they are, and then you look them up. Do you think that that when you became 13 or 14 or something, reading in English was the real reason for the expansion in the vocabulary? Or do you think it was something else? I think it was because it kind of all came at once, like the movies, TV shows and books, it all kind of came at once. So I think it was all of it. And like, I have an older sister with whom I've started watching the TV shows and movies with. And she was kind of too cool for dubbed. So we did subtitles for a while. And then she became too cool for that as well. So she turned them off and I had to figure out what was going on. I couldn't even like look up what was going on. I just had to figure it out based on context. So I think that was a big part of it as well. And the fact that I had international friends meant that every day I was speaking to people in English, either Mm. texting or actually speaking, but like mostly texting. But you don't only learn to understand, but to form your own sentences very well because you use it. And one of the friends that I made, and I'm still very close with, we kind of had a deal of if we see, if one of us says something and we see something being wrong with it, we correct each other. So I think that also helped a lot. And because I I actually read a lot of books growing up in general, like in Slovak, I read so many books in Slovak when I was younger but I still feel like there's not that much. It's very, I think it's a very structured language. I think it's very, you have very specific words for very specific things and you have gendered words as well. You don't, you, it's very hard to explain it to somebody who doesn't, who only speaks English, but we have gendered words, which I like about English. The the opposite is what I like about English is that you don't really have a lot of gendered words. Mm. Um, like you even like stuff like chair or a lamp or a road, they all are gendered in Slovak. So it's very I don't know, it's very hard, I think, to find the correct way to express yourself. And as I said, you have very specific words for very specific things instead of being more broad. So I think that's that's very much what I don't like. Right. Yeah, I found that very difficult about German. I don't speak German, but I have studied 
um, a bit. And yeah, the concept of not only do you have to know what the name of the word is, but the way that you introduce it depends on the gender. That kind of is very difficult for someone coming from an English background to get your head around. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, your background is your kind of experiences that you had growing up is very different to um, from Australia, where you kind of speak English. That's it. We didn't really have a push or a reason to learn um, any other languages. So in a way, I'm very uh, jealous of people who <laughs> come from around Europe to get that experience when you're a young child to be kind of bouncing between these different languages. Okay, well, we've been talking about the language that you write your songs in, but you know what? I think we should listen to something. Um, you released a track um, quite recently, which was the second single for 2023. Let's have a listen to it now. It's called If I Fall For You. the 
story. The track that we just heard was a new one from Karin Ann called If I Fall For You. Um, I was listening to an interview that you did where it said that when you were younger, you were kind of doing figure skating and ballet. And that had like an impact on the music that you listened to when you were very young because it was kind of maybe like limiting the type of music and styles of music that you were supposed to listen to. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that? I actually think it was the opposite. I don't think it was limiting. I think it was a bit like broadening my horizons because um, I actually had an interview prior to this and I talked about it a bit there as well. And I, what I said is that I had obviously like listened to normal music as well because um, from my parents, from my mom, she she loved the Beatles and Queen, so I had a lot of that. And she also really loves musicals, but she's Czech, so it was Czech musicals. So that is also what I listened to a lot growing up. But thanks to figure skating and ballet and stuff, I think I've had a lot more of a broad spectrum of music than most kids do because it kind of ballet is all about classical music so you listen to a lot of classical music and uh, figure skating now the rules changed but growing up you were not allowed to have sung songs so it was either classical music or soundtracks or instrumentals and I think it just broadened my kind of understanding of like the emotion that comes with music when it's not words that are being spoken, when it's just instruments and just music without any singing and any words. And I think it had a big impact on me of relating emotions to music and kind of understanding how emotional music can be even without words, which I I think I was really lucky for because I think a lot of kids don't don't really take the time to do that. I think a lot of people don't take the time to do that, but especially kids, because for kids, it's very not, not very much not interesting to listen to, like, Mozart, you know, <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think, in even though sometimes I found it boring, I think other times I found it really interesting. And I, I now, in retrospect, I feel very lucky for having that base, because even both of my sisters and I did figure skating in ballet and kind of everything related to that. But I was the one who kind of enjoyed it the most. So my mom and I used to go to see ballets, like actual like ballets in theaters. And I I was like 10 and I was begging my mom to go because I really enjoyed it. And I think it really made me understand the emotions behind music and instrumentals. And I feel lucky for that. Interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, it's quite a unique background, I guess, to be begging your mom to go to ballets at, uh, at 10 years old. Um, so we've talked a little bit about, I mean, you're in London, you're going to LA, you've been traveling around a bunch for the last kind of two years. And as a consequence, you've played shows with a lot of really great artists. So one that I saw, uh, that you played a show with was Youngblood, who I'm a, a, a fan of. Um, so I'm interested to hear about the kind of transition from being a fan in a Youngblood show, um, a few years ago to you know, uh, completing the circle and actually uh, playing a show where you're on stage and you're um, you're part of the show. How was that kind of uh, transition that's happened over the last maybe three or four years in your life? 
I mean, it's crazy. Like, I don't think it's very, there's very few moments where you grasp what's going on. There's very few moments where you can tangibly understand the impact that your music has, but also kind of like where it took you and kind of the the kind of huge thing that it became. Because I've been in the industry since I was like 15 and it's coming up on six years. And I rarely have tangible evidence of kind of what's happening because everything is snowballing. And everything has been snowballing since I got into the industry. And when it's a number on a screen or when somebody tells you a number or like when it's in the digital space, sort of, it's not tangible and your brain can't grasp it. You, Your brain doesn't understand it. Even though like you sort of understand, you can't really understand because it's not tangible. You can't grasp it. So there's very few moments where you can't grasp it and where it is something tangible and where you can see and feel what happened. And I think this show was one of that, one of those moments. Um, the Young Blood show was definitely one of those moments for me. And especially because um, I very much like to tell this story as my favorite moment where I feel felt like, like very much like what, how did I get here type of moments. Um, as well as kind of like my favorite fan moment. When I was at a Young Black show in 2019, January of 2019 in Prague, it was a small venue. It was maybe like 200 cap. Um, and I actually ended up playing my first headline show in that venue, but that's another story. Um, but in the crowd of that show, I I remember this specific girl and I remember her because um, the opener that was opening for Youngblood, only this girl and I were singing her songs. Nobody else knew the opener except for the two of us. So I remember this girl very specifically. And when I was playing the show with Youngblood in July, I think it was, yeah, July, or, or June, summer, anyway, summer of 22, when I was playing the show with Youngblood, um the same girl was front row center right in front of me when I, cause you know, when you have the mic stand and everything, it's in the center of the stage and she was right in front of me in the front row. And that kind of was such a surreal moment for me. Mm. And I even told her, I even told her, um, cause I did my songs, I did my set and I like jumped off to go to the barrier. And I even, I think it was, actually even in between some of the songs I told her I was like I think I saw you at the Young Watch in 2019 like I remember you and then when I once I jumped off after my set and I went up to her she was like yeah I remember you too like I remember seeing you in the crowd and I was like it was insane we were both crying it was very emotional and it was very insane and Mm. very very surreal to say the least do you embrace that tangible recognition that things have changed or is it a bit can it get a bit overwhelming about how much has changed in such a quick time i think both i think really is crazy and like definitely something that's like what is going on here like how did i get here why is why am i the one who got here Mm. um but on the other hand i really love it i really love it because 
I love interacting with people who support me and I love kind of seeing the impact firsthand that my music has because when when you don't see that it's like you don't really realize it you know like when when my songs come out by the time they come out I've heard them a hundred times and just because they came out it doesn't mean something changes for me you know like I've heard that song and it's it's nothing nothing different for me but when you get a message from somebody saying how much it means to them or when you see somebody in the crowd or when you talk to somebody or when people show up for you that's when you feel it that's when you actually get to experience it and I think on one hand it is very overwhelming and kind of crazy um and kind of makes you a bit existential a little bit because you're like why am I the one who got here and not this other person who I think is a hundred times more talented but on the other I think it's very necessary and I really do love the interaction because it's like building a community for yourself. I grew up in a country that I didn't feel like I belonged in. So I always searched for communities. I always was a part of fandoms and like I was always a fan of people and I always made friends through fandoms. And now that I'm in this position, it's as much as a community for me, it is is for the people who support me. Um, As much as the people who support me tell me how much it means to them, it means the same, if not more to me. Because it's like we have this community, this like friend group that basically is going through the same things and makes each other feel understood and accepted and like we're not alone in life. time for tell me a thing where i have a list of seven topics and i ask you to choose one of them and tell us something about it so the topics are musical equipment recording equipment poetry patty smith punk rock death and politics so current can you please tell us a thing i was playing around with death but i think i'm gonna go for poetry okay um, it's it's just something that's always been interesting to me. Poetry is something that I've always been interested in. And lately, it's actually been really inspiring my lyrics for my new, new songs and new projects. Um, I've really tried to get more into the poetry space. And I also kind of like the freedom of it. I know that classical poetry has like forms and certain rules to go by, but I like that a lot of the kind of modern takes on poetry don't have that. You can just say whatever you feel. And I really like that. And in terms of new writing, I've been really inspired by very heavily poetry-based lyricists and writers. And I always felt like I couldn't do it because, as we touched on before, English is not my first language. So I always thought that I have to be very to the point with my lyrics and very straightforward. But... Lately, I've tried it, a different approach, and I really like it. I've been really inspired by Phoebe Bridgers and Hosier and Sufjan Stevens and, you know, all of these really great storytellers story that mm. use poetry for their stories. Um, so 
that's kind of what where I'm at right now and it's always a, been a topic that's really interesting been interesting to me and I've also been getting a lot more poetry books recently so so you've been listening to kind of I guess more like poetical lyrics in English but when you were growing up did you read poetry in Slovak no I just always I'd never felt connection to that language I never felt like it expressed what it, what it needed to and what I wanted from it so I never felt connection to Slovak but as I said I my mom is Czech so I grew up with a mixture of Czech and Slovak in my household so it might be because of that I really don't know I'm not um I, I can't really analyze myself like that but I've always felt like English was the very very beautiful language and very much a language where you can say things very beautifully along with Italian but unfortunately my Italian skills are very limited so okay uh don't worry mine are too <laughs> um Karen and thank you so much for joining us on the show it was really great um I was very much interested um to hear your thoughts I really love the chat and I hope that you keep things rolling along in 2023 as they have been going so far Thank you for having me. It was an interesting interview. Women Who Rock is proudly produced in the Sydney studios of 2SER 107.3. I see the pieces you've left behind the wounds inflicted. We'll hear